Hi, this is Frances Hughes, the editor of Witherburn After School News. If you're a fan of Witherburn After School News and want to support us, a great way would be to join us on Patreon. With a $5 monthly donation, you can get access to ad-free episodes, exclusive content, and our Discord. You can also make a one-time donation on our Ko-Fi and gain access to the Discord along with a special Discord role. You can find the links to our Patreon and Ko-Fi in each of our episodes, or you can go to patreon.com slash witherburn or ko-fi.com slash witherburn after school news. Thank you to all our supporters. We couldn't do this podcast without you. Witherburn, a little town tucked between the mountains and the swamps. It's a town full of unsung heroes and dastardly villains. It has its surprises and its secrets, but luckily I'm here to unveil them all. Welcome, listeners, to the new home of Witherburn After School News. I'm the reporter, and I hope you liked that little intro there. I figured I should judge it up since we are radio news now. And this leads me to our first announcement. As some of you may know, the paper version was discontinued because a certain local officer and principal duo kept destroying the pamphlets. Luckily, your knowledgeable host figured out a way to broadcast a radio version of our program. Maybe now our little program will reach people outside of Witherburn as well. Though, I'm not sure people will find our town that interesting. With that introduction out of the way, here's an overview of our program. The top stories today are about Scarlett Johnson's campaign for prom queen, despite it being August, the rumors that the Clark family are trying to buy Pharaoh's bait and tackle, the latest information about the string of missing girls, and when exactly Mr. Pickler was shouting in the Spanish Moss Diner yesterday afternoon. All of that and more coming up on Witherburn After School News. off simple with our first story. Scarlett Johnson is already campaigning for prom queen, despite it only being a week into the school year. She's running with her football star boyfriend, Bo Stoker, who seems to be supportive of his girlfriend's efforts, but a little birdie told me he wasn't quite as excited as she was. He was overheard talking to the other football boys in the hall saying, and I quote, I mean, she can do whatever she wants, but I don't want her to drag me into this. Prom king just isn't really my style, you know? Uh-oh, looks like there's trouble in paradise. To add to this already ludicrous campaign, her posters are making wild claims such as, if she's prom queen, then she'll make the yearly bonfire ten times cooler and ban homework on senior skip day. Is, is she even allowed to make those claims? Like, we all know she can't actually do those things, right? 
though it's a little early to tell, Scarlett will probably have some competition later on in the year with Tina Young, captain of the tennis team. In fact, I've been informed Tina's friends are encouraging her to announce her prom queen campaign as well, in order to combat Scarlett's early efforts. See, Tina doesn't have the lifelong passion to win like Scarlett, but she possibly has the numbers. Okay, I have to be honest, listeners. I think that prom queen is a title that's hyped up just a little bit too much. No one cares that you were prom queen after high school, and making this serious deal out of campaigning just takes the fun out of it. You know? Maybe I just don't get it. I've never been that into school events anyways, so what do I know? Oh, actually, that reminds me of one thing I do know, and that's the fact that Mr. Smith lost his cat Butters earlier this week. So if you happen to see a black cat with what looks like white socks on his feet, then try your best to call the cat over. And if you manage to do that, please tell me your secrets on how you got a cat to listen to you. If you manage to get a hold of Butters, then please return him to the Blue House on Pine Falls Drive. It's official. The Clarks are trying to buy up yet another local business. Yes, the rumors are true. The Clarks are trying to buy up Pharaoh's Bait and Tackle. So... The old ladies that congregate on Miss Newberry's porch were right, yet again. But, to be fair, what other reason did the Clarks have for going into the tackle shop three times in one week? We certainly know it wasn't to buy fishing gear. Mr. Farrow confirmed that the Clarks were trying to buy his store earlier today when he was questioned by some of his usual customers. According to him, the Clarks were willing to pay him up to a quarter of a million dollars for his store. Which, man, really shows you how much money these people have. But he says he will not let the Clarks buy yet another family business. I think that's wonderful. Honestly, I'm very glad someone is standing up to the Clarks. And who is better than Mr. Farrow himself? His family has run that tackle shop for three generations. And almost everyone in town is his loyal customer. So I think he will have no problems fending off the Clarks. In fact... I would like to suggest that we as a town come together and make some purchases from his store as a show of support. Instead of ordering that new fishing rod online, get it from Mr. Farrow. Go get that lure you've been eyeing. Maybe even get some bait and take your family out on a fishing trip. Go support the tackle shop, because I know I will. Speaking of the Clarks, did you know that there are a major reason that we had to stop our paper version? Many of our longtime readers will know that we never spoke too kindly of the Clark family, especially since they keep trying to buy every small business in town and because their son keeps harassing people and getting off scot-free, but that's a story for another day. Anyways, a certain Brenda Clark didn't like what we wrote. She's a vicious PTA president, and she, of course, has Sheriff Sininger in her back pocket. Since we mostly distribute our paper at school and the local library, well... Let's just say it didn't take long for our copies to be taken down. (sighs) People like her are why I have to report in secret. Who knows what she'd do if she found out who runs this thing. I mean, I know some people call the after-school news a gossip column, and that's why people think I hide my identity, but I'm reporting actual news stories. I may not talk about stories that would make it onto the local TV station, but it's news that still matters to people, and it's news that affects us and... Oh, who am I kidding? I'm probably preaching to the choir if you're still listening to this. Before we move on to our next story, I do have an announcement to make. The local library is once again hosting its annual back-to-school readathon for children kindergarten through sixth grade. 
This year's book recommendations from the library are Wishing on the Well by Elaine Letters, Can It Wait by Oswell Morrison, Easy Peasy by T.R. Oakland, What If I Was a Princess by Isabel Turner, Hungry Dragonfly by Ethan Randall, and Brand New Kid by Unique Ryan Newton. These are just suggestions, though, and kids can check out any books they want. The children that have read the most books by the end of the month get a special prize, and I may or may not have heard from the librarian that it's a pizza party. Happy back-to-school times for all those kids out there, and good luck at your readathon. A few of y'all will be very excited to know that I have decided to bring back an old favorite from our paper edition. It's the Monster of the Week segment brought to you by Mr. Pickler. The segment where we try to find the exact type of monster Mr. Pickler claims to have seen. Yesterday, he was screaming in the Spanish Moss Diner, and no one could quite understand what he was saying. But a little birdie recorded the encounter and sent it to me. (laughs) Take a look at this. There was an ape in that swamp. I'm telling y'all, I could smell it from a mile away. It smelled like, like rotten moss and death. While I was out there, I just knew something was watching me, but I couldn't be sure until I saw him up in the trees. I went right up under him in my boat, and let me tell y'all, I was shaking. And then, when I was right there, close enough he could have grabbed me. He let out this giant roar that would have scared the devil. And then he just swung away. He must have jumped at least 20 feet. I'm telling y'all, you gotta believe me. I saw something out there. Mr. Pickler, you're scaring the guests. Let's get you home. They need to know. Don't go in that swamp. Isn't that interesting? (laughs) After a bit of research, I have come to the conclusion that the creature Mr. Pickler is describing is the skunk ape. A scary run-in indeed. It's a creature of southern folklore that is native to Alabama, Georgia, and most notably, Florida. Its official sightings have only dated back to the 1960s, though rumors and folk tales about similar creatures go back as far as the 1800s. The skunk ape is a Bigfoot lake swamp monster that, true to its name, has a rather foul smell. It's known to roam around in the swamp monk and, on occasion, will swing from the trees. It's described as being seven feet tall with long, shaggy hair that is brown or black, and some reports say that moss will grow on its fur. They are also known to have red, glowing eyes that can be seen through the dark tree lines. Though myths vary, the skunk apes have been known to stalk fishermen, such as Mr. Pickler, and raid food storages, though there aren't many reports of them actually attacking. Luckily for us, and Mr. Pickler, the National Park Service says that this creature is a complete hoax. The most likely explanation is that Mr. Pickler saw a black bear up in the trees, and that smell was methane being released by the swamp. Though, who knows? Maybe there is a skunk ape out there. I would like to thank Mr. Pickler for bringing us today's segment of Monster of the Week. If you want me to talk about a monster, then all you gotta do is tell everyone in the Spanish Moss Diner that you saw something in that swamp. Alternatively, screaming about what you saw in the convenience store parking lot will also work. Now, listeners, I hate to stop the lighthearted segments here, but our main story is much more serious. I am sure you have all been keeping up with the missing girls. So far, the missing are Christy Lamar, 14 years old, white, 5'6", with short brown hair, last seen wearing a green hoodie and ripped jeans, Aria Sanders, 16 years old, black, 5'3", with long braids, last seen in a blue sundress. And April Calloway, 15 years old, white, 
5'7 with curly black hair last seen in her horse riding uniform. All of these girls went missing these last four months, and if you have any information on them, then please don't hesitate to call the authorities. Though today's story is specifically about April Calloway, the latest of the missing girls, who's been gone for a little over a month now, and authorities are losing hope of finding her. Margaret Calloway, April's mother, has been seen all around town handing out and hanging up missing persons flyers. Mrs. Calloway has made numerous claims about the police department not doing enough in the search for her daughter, or any of the other missing girls. This is what Sheriff Sininger had to say about it. We understand that these are hard times for many people in our community, but I promise y'all we are doing our best to find these girls, and that it is the number one priority of the police department. Mrs. Calloway has every right to be anxious about her daughter being missing, but these claims that we aren't doing enough are simply false. Many in the department have spent sleepless nights going over the evidence, and we are following numerous leads while we try to figure out what's happened to each of these girls. To be brutally honest, claims like these actually slowed down the investigative process. The sheriff also made statements about how it seems likely that these were simply copycat runaways. Often, when one teen does something, like run away, They'll send messages to friends and make it seem like it's an attractive and exciting thing to do. This can lead to a string of copycat runaways, and that is what happened to all those girls. There is no evidence of foul play, but just because they are runaways doesn't mean we're going to take their cases any less seriously. Miss Calloway has said numerous times that she doesn't believe her daughter ran away. According to her, April told her everything, and never said anything that would make her think she wanted to run away. She also stated how her daughter barely knew the other missing girls, so this idea that they were texting April trying to convince her to run away doesn't make any sense to her. She made a statement on Facebook about how she wasn't trying to slow down the investigation, but she just wanted her daughter back. A couple of the other families have said they are sympathetic towards Miss Calloway, but they made no comments on the investigation. Now Miss Calloway is facing backlash over these comments, with someone even going as far as to egg her house. Now, listeners, I assume you all understand what's wrong with this. Why are you judging a mother that simply wants to find her child? Even if you don't agree with her statements, I would hope this town had enough sympathy not to destroy her house. But apparently I'm wrong. Even after the backlash, Miss Calloway is not backing down from her statements and is doing everything she can to find her daughter, even if it means doing it on her own. If this story has inspired you to help, then I will gladly direct you to Maisie, owner of the Bog Monster Bar, who has set up a donation fund to help families of the missing. She's also set up a meal delivery sign-up for families as well, if that's more your style. I'm going to wrap it up here, Witherburn. I know that it's a sad note to leave us on, but I simply don't have any more news for you. If you take anything away from this, I hope it's that we as a town should be coming together, not falling apart. Thank you all for listening to the first episode of After School News, and don't forget to tune in next week. I'm the reporter, signing off. Witherburn After School News is written and directed by Jordan Oliver. It is edited by Francis Hughes. The reporter is played by Jordan Oliver. Sheriff Sininger is played by James Dunn. And Mr. Pickler is played by Will Carter. The wonderful title song is made by Future Me. We hope you enjoyed this episode, and we hope you join us next time.